Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to Cheap Seats Cheddar Overtime Heroics Baseball Podcast. Uh, we've been doing these versus battles these past few weeks. If you have not and are not familiar with the idea of them, listen back to the past few episodes. We've done catchers, we've done starting pitchers, we've done starting pitchers a couple times actually. We did a shortstop edition. They're 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 always fun. Uh, they've been with Alex Clark and Matthias have always been with me. Now we're bringing on Joe in this discussion as well. Um, today we're doing relievers. We've got Kimbrel Hoffman, Wagner, and Rivera. Guys, how are we doing? Doing solid. Doing really solid as well. Um, got cold all of a sudden, but still doing really solid. Yeah, and we got a snowstorm coming this week. Exactly. But you know what? It's always fun to talk about. It always kind of warms the heart. Is to talk at some good old baseball. <laughs> Alex is on the right idea, and, and we've got nothing really in the news. Uh, we haven't really seen any Bauer news, any Springer news. James McCann went to the Mets. That's about the biggest signing I saw. Um, no real trades or anything. The offseason is still trying to get off its feet a little bit. Um, so, I mean, we're going to bring back this addition of verses with the relievers. When we get some more news, your regular scheduled programming of us discussing the news of baseball will go forward. But for now, we're going to stick with verses and we're going to start with the first reliever on the topic today. I think he has the best walk-up song in baseball history. It's widely disregarded because there's another guy on the list that as I like Hell's Bells and Trevor Hoffman, and that's where I'm going to start today. Uh, where do you guys have him? What do you think? How does he stack up against the others? Uh, so your question I, is about Trevor Hoffman, how he stacks yeah. up, right? Not Mo. Yeah, okay. yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess the other four. I, I brought in the walk-up song because obviously closer walk-up songs so, are a big deal. We get yeah, the walk-up song confusing. Yeah, talks yeah about no, all good. But yeah, no, we're, Trevor Hoffman and how he stacks up with Kimbrel Wags and Rivera. Um. I mean, I think he stacks up really well. Obviously, he has a Hall of Fame resume. His is a funny stats to look at, though, because for people that get caught up in the win-loss, which I don't, they'll look at that and be like, how the hell was this guy? But that obviously doesn't really matter for a closer, but some people do overlook at that. I know some people like that. So he just has funny stats to look at. A guy with 601 save was, what is it, like 15 games, 14 games below 500. That's just a really funny thing to uh, think about. But he's a seven-time All-Star Hall of Famer. I agree with you. Uh, ACDC was one of my dad's favorite bands, so it directly became mine growing up. So that's probably my favorite walk-up song between the two Hall of Fame, two of the GOAT Hall of Famers that we probably have of Hoffman and Rivera, both over 600 saves. So uh, I would say I would agree with you on the song, too. But, yeah, he definitely stacks up really well uh, amongst them. For me... I probably still have him second, but I think he stacks up really well amongst the four people. I think, you know, it's um, kind of interesting with Trevor Hoffman. Uh, first of all, his primary pitch, most uh, relievers, like their primary pitch is a fastball, but his was a changeup, actually. And, um, you know, he racked up 601 saves over 18 years. Um Personally, my knock, sort of of a knock on him, is he wasn't great in the postseason. Um, he struggled in the World Series the one time he made it. Um, career 3 four six ERA isn't bad, but also he only pitched in four uh, postseason. Uh, four, he only pitched in the postseason four times. Uh, 601 saves, I mean, that's obviously second all time. He kind of fell off a little bit towards the end. I th just think, though, I mean, he had some years where he just he, he kind of had some clunkers in there, uh, especially his last year. I remember he ended up uh, surrendering his closers role. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, he actually was drafted as a shortstop initially. Um, for me, though, in terms of like pure dominance, I just I I have him at fourth. I mean. I get that he he's the second all time in saves, but I think compared to the rest of these guys, I mean, his, his ERA is higher than all of them. His whip is also higher than all of them. It's just, I think for me, he, he obviously a hall of famer, but I have him in fourth. Mac, I was going to say you stole something. I was going to bring up later for the reason I have him in second, which is uh, his unique pitching repertoire. Like, I mean, we have a closer here in Philly that tries to get people out with splitters. It doesn't work. 
very well. So uh, seeing a guy be able to get it done with a change up that consistently, that fluently, and that I don't want to, I don't like using the word poetically, but I can't think of anything better right now. So I'll use it. Um, was fun to watch, uh, watching him when I first started watching baseball, obviously his year 42 season when he was the age of 42, he did have a very bad year, but, um, I just really liked watching a guy that didn't feature that number one all the time and was still able to get it done. Cause I've watched a heck of a lot of guys since then that have not been able to get it done when they tried to feature a change up, um, Another only other guy I remember recently who's not even that great of a pitcher, but had a couple good seasons is that Tyler Thornburg kid that had a really good changeup. But that's why I just loved Hoffman. You feature a changeup for that long, and you can get it done. Um, I don't want to hint too much at pitching repertoire, hinting at my answers here because that'll give away my number one probably. But uh, yeah, Hoffman, that's a big reason for me. So you kind of really uh, – now you got on it for what my big thing with Hoffman that I love is, is that, yeah, again, he did not go with the fastball as the primary, as his number one ace pitch. A lot of closers, as we say, we see the fastball. We'll even see a two-seamer every now and then, or maybe even a slider as their main guy. But the changeup in a position that's usually based on full adrenaline, you don't see that very often. He worked it to perfection. One thing I love about Hoffman, again, over 600 saves, an ERA – uh, career ERA in the regular season are 287, definitely nothing to scoff at. One thing I find really interesting looking at his stats is that he only ever led the league in saves twice in his 18 year career. He led it in 1998 with 53 saves and then led it in t- 2006 with 46 saves. So, again, one big gap between the two of those. The big thing that I like is kind of saying that's also a knock. The knock is that he was very rarely did he ever lead the league in saves. But you take a look at his stats all the way down, say, from 1994 all the way down to 2009. And he was dominant, except for 2003. He notched at least 30 saves in each one of those seasons. In fact, actually, if you take a look even further in all of those seasons, he actually got at least 40 saves in all of those seasons. It's really interesting to see what he was able to do during this time. No, actually, uh, 30, yep, there we go. But he still was a fantastic pitcher that basically he kind of defined what it meant to be a closer for a little bit. He was one of the people that when you looked at him, you feared him. And a lot of times you fear a closer because of the fastball. You don't fear a pitcher because of a changeup half the time. But he found a way to make you do it. I, I, I agree. The closest thing I've seen to Hoffman, um, we talked about the all MLB teams. Uh, Devin Williams was a guy we came up. He's, I saw a similar, I wouldn't say that fear struck in the eye of a hitter that you brought up, Alex, but the fact that he can rely on such a dominant changeup, uh, it kind of brings me back to watching Hoffman pitch in San Diego a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where his career blossoms because I think the changeup can be a, a pitch that, can be used to dominate uh, opposing hitters, as we saw with uh, Williams this year. But uh, much like you, uh, Joe, I, I can't put him in the top half of this ranking. I, I have him three, uh, Hoffman. I, I think the top two have a, a significantly stronger resume. Um, I, obviously, Hoffman's war of 28 is greater than Kimbrell's, and we can get into Kimbrell next. But I, it, it doesn't stack up with the career war of 27 of Wagner. Or, or even Rivera's of 56, which is ridiculous. But I, I, we'll, get, we'll get into the discussion between those two. But yeah, I have Hoffman three, uh, a guy that relies on a changeup. Even having his name in this best closer all time type echelon is ridiculous to talk about. So I, I'm, I'm glad we brought it up because that is where he made it bread and butter. And yeah, he's three, but it's a, a well-deserving three, I'll say for me. I think for me, when it comes to Hoffman, I have him as uh, three as well. When we were talking the prep before this, I was kind of debating about having him at two, three, or four. I think I'm settling him down at three for reasons that we'll talk about later. The big thing that I love with Hoffman, again, he did it with the changeup. He was dominant for years and years and years and years and years, and he was that solidified name at closer. Like you, you knew that when he came in, you know you were going to see something good, and not only. Did you see that every single game? It was every single year he played for that long stretch. And the fact that you could be that effective for that many years 
is impressive. And that's the reason why I have him at number three above the guy who I have at number four is the, um, is the length of it. Yeah, I also, this might sound a lot like an Astiff film right now, but I can't read and couldn't read my dumb handwriting. So I've read two when I wrote three and I'm an idiot. So yeah, I also put him at three because you'll see later why I did that. And uh, it'll have a long explanation for who I have it to, and I just can't read my own damn handwriting. So I apologize for my stupidity. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, especially. <laughs> so don't don't feel bad. Well, well, I brought him up, and I'm interested to see where he stacks up. He's the only guy on this list that is uh, currently active as a closer or a reliever. I don't know what the heck to call him because his Chicago <laughs> have been questionable to say the least. Uh, Craig Kimbrell is my number four, and I'll just open up the discussion with this. I know he had dominant years in Atlanta, but the 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 downtick and the severe downtick we have seen, I he was dominant for four a stretch of four years, but I don't think that stretch of four years stacks up with any other of the names listed. And that's why I have him four. I know his ERA saves leaders and above forty five were ridiculous, but it's just it's questionable to have him anywhere uh, above. Uh, I obviously Rivera, but Hoffman and Wagner, I think, have a stronger uh, case for two and three than Kimbrel. And I'll start there, and I'll open up to the, to you guys. Where do you have Kimbrel at? So I have I have Kimbrel at three actually. Um, so here's my thing: is that so you you mentioned that those four years in a row, yes, from 2011 to 2014, he led the NL in saves every year, and he led the majors in saves in 2013. However, the reason why I have him ahead of Hoffman is the pure dominance I saw from him. I mean, um, especially because he was on the Braves for the first five years of his career. Um, he was he was just I he was probably the filthiest pitcher I'd ever seen pitch. I mean, and then, you know, he he went to he got traded to the Padres and then got traded to the Red Sox and he continued pitching well. I mean, his 2017 season in Boston was arguably his best year. I mean, he struck out that year. He struck out in 69 innings. He struck out 126 batters and only walked 14. That's I, I, that's a 9.0 strikeouts to walk ratio. So, I mean, looking at him, yes, the past two years are concerning. However, here's my thing about the past two years is that neither of those years has he had a normal spring training in 2019. The, the Cubs didn't sign him until the middle of June, and they rushed him to the majors. And obviously, he struggled. He got injured. Then the following year, there's a pandemic. And again, his spring training regimen gets thrown off completely. You know, And even after those two years, he still has 348 saves through 11 seasons. He was the youngest pitcher to ever reach 300 saves. Uh, his career ERA is still 2.17. I mean, I think that Craig Kimbrell, I mean, his war maybe doesn't stack up because it's only 19.4. I think he's a Hall of Famer eventually. And heck, I, you know, give him a few more seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, in the top half of this list eventually. I'm going to. Don't, don't, sorry, Alex. I just want to say one quick thing. You bring up the stretch of four years and how dominant Craig Kimbrell was. I think we've seen the best of Craig Kimbrell. And I brought this stat up continuously throughout these verses. War seven, and, and that's the, the war throughout the best seven years of your career. And he is he's he holds a conversation with Hoffman. Hoffman's at 19.4, Kimbrell's at 18.5. But when you look at Wagner and Rivera, Wagner's at 19s, about a point ahead of Kimbrell, and Rivera's all the way up at 28.7. I he's bottom four in that. I don't think I, I like personally looking at when you were at the peak of your powers, how do you stack up? And and looking at that, he was close with Hoffman, but I can't give him the edge because I just I've seen how fast he's uh, taken a downtick after Boston. And I, and I, at age thirty, we saw Hoffman only get better for the next few years. Four straight or four All Stars out of the next five years, where we're seeing Kimbrel at age thirty kind of take a, a pretty severe dip. And I like the point you bring up with the spring trainings and how it's been difficult for him. But I I can't give him. I know his his four years have been good, but throughout his prime, I think Hoffman had. Uh, a more dominant stretch, I guess I could say. So, Well, one other thing, though, is that you also, I mean, maybe it's because I also value strikeouts big time, but Kimbrell's career strikeouts per nine is 14.7, which 
he's already at 926 strikeouts in only 568 innings. I understand that maybe he never returns to um, his Atlanta or even his Boston form, but I don't know if he needs to do that to cement his status um, as, as one of the greatest closers uh, we've ever seen. I totally agree. I just think when we're talking about some of the, uh, I think this is probably the Mount Rushmore of closers in our generation. Uh, Bro Hoffman, Wagner, and Rivera. Maybe there's a select few names I miss off, but I think these four are be a common on a lot of our people our age and around our age on their Mount Rushmore of closers and relievers. You kind of have to nitpick, and I, when I nitpick, I, I look at that prime. I look at how people are powered. I know we had a couple, four or five good years in Atlanta, but we look at some of his postseason numbers, uh, the, the stuff with Boston was questionable. Uh, it's just, I, I can't, I can't, I know Hoffman was questionable too. It's so close. I just, I, I have to lean Hoffman. I, I think it is closer between them at three and four than it is with Wagner and Rivera at one and two, but that's just my opinion. So I'm, I'm with you a little bit on this one. Cole, the, the number one thing I look at this, is that he had a dominant four years. Again, when I was younger, as well as being a Mariner fan, I was actually also a Braves fan because I grew up loving Chipper Jones, as I know a lot of people did. So when I saw this young closer and Craig Kimbrell's come out and just throw some of the nastiest pitches you've ever seen, I was in love. And I still really love him. He's still a fantastic player, in my opinion. Again, those four years from 2011 to 2014 – where he led the league in saves all four of those years. Again, incredible. And the fact that from the years 2012 to 2014, he consistently, those three years, had an ERA of under 1.7. That's stupid. That's just flat-out stupid. Again, in his prime, he is absolutely dominant. The big problem that I have with him is that you take a look at the rest of the closes you have on this list. You had Mariano Rivera, who over his entire career went 19 years. Billy Wagner, who went 16 years. Trevor Hoffman, who went 18 years. And with all of them, you see what they have, and there's not really as big of a dip. And, I, I, and Mac, I completely agree with the spring training bit. That's why I'm really interested to see how 2021 is going to go for Kimbrell. If he has a solid 2021, then I think all the questions are answered. He's probably going to be number three, if not potentially even number two on the list. If he can come back and show that not only is he does he have this stuff again, that these two years are just a kind of a wash due to uh, due, due to circumstances beyond his control, if he can come back and show how dominant he has been, not even, again, having 2011 to 2014 level stuff, but just having dominant level game again. If he can have that again and go to even, say, have a 16, 17-year career, then I think he may be even number two if he's if he keeps up on this. That's a, a little bit of a stretch. But I think it's, it's legitimately possible. And because you're right, I definitely I acknowledge the fact that these are circumstances that he was unable to control. He came through midway through the season one year, said 2019. 2020 didn't have a spring training to work with. So I want to see what he can do because I really do like Kimbrel. He's got amazing stuff. That break on his pitches are, is just fantastic. And the life on the fastball, it's, it's in a way to be feared even. I love watching what Kimbrel does, but is he number three even on, on this list today? No. To me, he's number four. Yeah, uh, for me, I was going to say, because I wanted to bank off of the one thing you said, Alex, uh, I um, watched him a lot because my second team from my dad going on business trips and being there a little bit was always watching Boston a lot growing up because I connected with memorabilia he brought back for me. Um, and when Kimbrough went there, he was good in the regular season. You saw the normal Craig Kimbrough problem was the DS, the CS, the World Series he was for something ERA decent, but it wasn't the same. So that's why I feel for me, like everyone else was saying, because of the postseason numbers for me being a notch bit below Hoffman, because it also is more glaring to me because I never watched Trevor Hoffman on a team that I personally adored and wanted to win. That might be why I have him at four, but I could definitely see him moving up. And I agree with you on that. If he does exactly what Max said and starts churning back and really getting going again. And I think that's just going to the right situation and setting. So I do agree with Mac on that point as well. 
he can definitely uptick his career again and have a good chance to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, it'll be interesting where he stands in the Hall of Fame if he can't really get going again. But if he can have three more, two more really good seasons, then, yeah, I definitely agree that he will have a very good chance to be a Hall of Famer. Well, I just want to mention uh, one thing also is that there one guy who is a Hall of Fame reliever is Bruce Suter, who only pitched 12 years and only had 300 saves. And Kimbrell, and, and also his ERA is higher, and he didn't have nearly as high of a strikeout um, total. Um, Kimbrell has already surpassed him easily, uh, so I feel like that would sort of help Kimbrell's cause. Uh, and I, I will say... Uh, even as someone like I am not a Braves fan, I feel like people have figured that out. Uh, being a Mets fan, I don't really like the Braves, but he was just one of those guys that I always admired. Uh, when I, I mean, I, if I were to play baseball, my dream would to be would be to be a closer. Um, and he's one of those guys where I'd be playing wiffle ball. I, w- I would want to impersonate that that weird arm dangling thing that he would do. Um, I would I would listen to his his intro intro song which for a while was welcome to the jungle i mean i remember as soon as he left the braves i said i'm gonna pick up one of his t-shirts and i did when he got to the red Sox. so uh, maybe it's because i i'm just such a huge fan of his but i personally think that he will be a hall of famer and that i that i feel like he in my book is ahead of hoffman so i i have him at three i think uh he's definitely a hall of famer i think yeah, yeah, he holds no uh, – I don't think anybody can really debate that. I know it's kind of questionable with how many people get in the Hall of Fame and some of the voters are a little bit stingy. But a seven-time All-Star and Rookie of the Year and a World Series under his belt, it would be tough to leave him out. Uh, he's got even a few Cy Young uh, Award nominations just like everyone else. Um, I think he holds ground to, to become a Hall of Famer. Um, now, from talking about a Hall of Fame career to one that I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, are we done with uh, Craig Kimbrell? Does anyone have any closing thoughts? I've got him at four, Hoffman three. I know that's kind of everyone kind of has them at the hip, I feel like. Anybody got any closing thoughts or should I move on to the to the player that I think should be in the Hall of Fame and probably is better than both these next, the previous two, Billy Wagner. Wagner, I have him at two, seven-time All-Star, left-handed Left-handed arm. I know he doesn't hold the amount of save total as like guys like Hoffman or Rivera. Um, one of the the discussion between Hoffman and Wagner kind of stemmed uh, for me this this whole idea of versus. And I think this is where it gets interesting for us because Hoffman and Wagner both had great careers, two two of the best closers of all time. I I personally have better. I've met two. Um, I'll open up the floor to you guys. I know he was a Matt for a little bit. Mac. I know. Um, he was a Philly a little bit, Joe. I, I, he's, I think he's a guy that gets lost in the shuffle and definitely deserves a Hall of Fame uh, bid. And uh, I, I think he's probably the second best closer on this list. But I, I feel like I'm overstating. I feel like I'm overstepping boundaries. I'll open it up to you guys. Where do you have uh, Billy Wagner at? I have him second. Um, so it's interesting because when – Craig Kimbrell became the closer. He succeeded uh, Billy Wagner for the Braves. Um, Wagner, it seems like, never had any down seasons when he was healthy. Um, even as he got older, I mean, I remember his final season after he got uh, he got Tommy John surgery at, towards the end of 2008. And then it's funny, uh, people probably don't remember when he pitched for the Red Sox, but I was actually at his first game after the Mets traded him there. Um, I, I happened to be at Fenway Park for it. And then when he went to the Braves at age 38, he decided to be his last year. And he still he was an all star. He was still throwing triple digits. I mean, it, it just seemed like had it not been for that Tommy John surgery, I bet. I mean, 422 saves in 16 seasons. I think that, I mean, if not for injuries, he could have easily hit 500. I mean, he's he's second most amongst left handed pitchers and saves. But um he's only two behind John Franco who took 21 years to amass that number. So uh, in terms of strikeout rate, I mean, his strikeout rate is one of the highest in history uh, for those with a minimum of 900 innings pitch. So, I mean, I think he's more dominant than Hoffman and uh, currently he's ahead of Kimbrell. So I, yeah, I, I have Wagner too. Yeah, I do too. Can you guys hear me? I think my mic went out for a bit. 
No, I do hear you. Okay, you cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I had him at two because my biggest thing with him also, he's one of the most painful people that I think they've ever, the Phillies ever got rid of in it. We only have him for two years, but uh, we'll, we'll go past that. Um, when you had injuries early in your life at the age of seven and had to switch what arm you were thrown with and were able to do that and have a fastball slider combination as deadly as him um, and make a Hall of Fame career out of that and be one of the most fun people to watch, even yes, even yes, when he was on the match. <laughs> I will admit that. Um, that is something that deserves to be rewarded, and I think Billy Wagner gets overlooked too much, especially because a lot of people don't realize the dude actually was born right-handed. And then because of two major injuries as a young kid, started throwing left-handed and became one of the best all-time closers in all of baseball. And I agree with Mac, the second best, because you can't put anybody above the other New York, uh, New York uh, closer and Mariana Rivera. But yeah, Billy Wagner is definitely the second best for me. He was damn impressive. That uh, fastball slider combination was deadly. And you would see hitters' eyes going, yep, that ain't happening. And I know uh, any lefties facing Billy Wagner pretty much knew that they were probably punching their ticket unless if they were Tony Gwynn or somebody of that level uh, going up to the plate. So. For me, I'm a big fan of the save stat, and I know that's something that a lot of people kind of give me a lot of flack for, because again, I I know that the save is is kind of like the win, in that way where it's like where there's a lot of other factors that go into it. To me, I like the save stat just because the like it's the idea that you were given the ball and you got the job done. That's why I like the stat. Wagner is the one person on this list that would make me just kind of disregard them because you take a look at the number of saves that everyone has mariana rivera who we're going to talk about later 652 trevor hoffman 601 craig kimbrell over his career which is still going on is 348 then you see wagner over a 16 year career having 422 and you think that number is a little bit low for a guy that could that is potentially one of the best closers of our generation we we, we see this but again you what you what has already been said? A lefty with gas, a lefty that could touch one hundred plus. This guy was dominant again, and like like Joe just said, if you were a lefty, you did not have a chance. I had a better chance as a right trying to hit that ball than a lot of lefties did. I know that's definitely a lot very exaggerated. I'm not good at baseball, but you see this, and for. Wagner just to do what he was able to do I think it is a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame the only thing that kind of gets at me that for why he wouldn't be is that he just doesn't have a lot of the accolades he has seven time all-star and he's one reliever of the year but that's it when you take a look at other guys again Mariano Rivera you see what he's done he's in the Hall of Fame 13 time all-star five world series Trevor Hoffman again seven time all-star two time award winner craig kimbrell even in his accolades is a seven-time all-star all-star a world series winner rookie of the year etc etc so you see this he doesn't have the accolades doesn't have the saves but what does he have he has one heck of an arm he is a fantastic pitcher and as you brought up again the idea that strikeouts can be that good the fact that you could be that dominant as a strikeout artist is beautiful we talk a lot about in baseball strikeout artists well Wagner was one of them. He was definitely one of those people that you saw him and we were like, nope, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It was just deadly trying to face him out on the mound. And so from that, I, I gotta give him the number two spot. He's the one player on this list that can make me almost get rid of my favorite stat of stats of saves, excuse me. It was just outstanding to see what he did for baseball. Um, well, I, oh, go ahead, man. Well, well, I was going to say the one other knock on Wagner was his postseason numbers are terrible. Um, I saw this up front as a Mets fan. Um, he pitched poorly in the 06 NLCS, but that's not the only mess up he had. His career postseason ERA is 10.03, which is by far the worst of any of these four. But looking at just the regular season numbers, his numbers are fantastic. And also, I mean, we we're talking about his, his, you know, how he was born right-handed. Also, he was only 5'10", 180, but he could throw the ball 100 miles per hour. 
And I mean, when you can do that, I mean, yeah, um, I've mentioned in the past, Billy Wagner blocked me on Twitter, but uh, was it Billy Wagner, though, was everything I wanted to be growing up. I mean, the 2006 Mets were probably my favorite team ever. It was the first year I was really watching baseball uh, as like a diehard fan. And he was just so fun to watch. It's interesting, though, that um, he also had he all he was also enter Sandman. He uh, he would walk into the same song that Mariana Rivera did. And they happened to pitch in the same city at the same time. Uh, I think it's just that he he didn't get the chance to reach uh, the number of saves that the other guys did because, well, he only pitched 16 seasons, probably you know, looking at the numbers, it's it's not as many as the other two. And he he dealt with a little more of the injury bug. Um, but I think overall, I mean, I just in terms of pure dominance, he I feel like I never saw him have a down year unless he was injured. So, I mean, he's definitely better than Hoffman. He's better than Kimbrell as of right now. Um, obviously. I don't think anyone's going to touch Mariano Rivera, but yeah, number two, I think is a good spot for him. Uh, I really hope the hall of fame voters start recognizing him because I think 100% he should be a hall of famer. Well, I was going to say in response to Mac on that, I would vote for him to be in the hall of fame because a big thing I would look at if I was voting is your longevity. And he seemed to get better. He made five of his seven all-star games after the age of 30 and three of them after the his age 35 season and onward. So that's that would be a key factor for me on how I want to vote for someone that shows good longevity. That's why I said earlier, I think Kimbrell's going to be really helped out by what Max said as he bounces back and probably goes somewhere to a better setting. Um, so I think Wagner's longevity for me would put me on him being in the Hall of Fame as well. I think it's actually stupid that he doesn't get the recognition, and it is probably because of the playoff stats. But his regular season's so darn good, you should look at that and his longevity of making three All-Star games, including his final season after the age of 35. So, You know, and the other thing brought up with Billy Wagner, uh, Alex, you were talking about saves, and obviously he doesn't really hold ground with the 600 saves of uh, Rivera and Hoffman, but you look at save percentage, and Mac, you brought up a good point. Maybe he didn't have the most opportunities to save games because he wasn't on the winningest of teams. Uh, he's an 86% save percentage, 85.9. Um, Hoffman's at 88.8. So it's not a, like a, a huge discrepancy between the two. Sure, Hoffman might have converted uh, here, uh, here and there a little bit more than Wagner, but 86% is still a darn good stat for converting conversion of saves. Every 10 games, you're going to get eight, at least eight uh, saves out of your left-handed closer. And I think that's kind of a stat that gets overlooked uh, as closers as well, is how often you can convert and save the game for your team. And obviously holding ground with Hoffman uh, and probably having better dominance and strikeout numbers than Hoffman. I, that's why I have him over uh, Hoffman and slated, slotted him at the two spot. So. Anything else on Wagner, or do we want to move to our consensus for number one? One thing I really like about Wagner as well with this is that we 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 touched on this a good bit, but just want to kind of reiterate all the other closes that we're talking about. Righties, Wagner is the only lefty. A lot of times, a lot of people think of lefty and they think the crafty lefty, the one that's going to have an amazing breaking ball, but maybe not have the fastball. Yeah, he's got the fastball, and even on top of his breaking stuff, also is pretty darn good. So the fact that he's a lefty as well, the only lefty on this list, definitely a little bit of a good bit for him. Agreed, agreed. And uh, we're starting to see that hard-throwing lefty uh, kind of emerge a little bit. We with Hader. We see it with the guy in Tampa with Alvarado. Um, Chapman was a guy. Garrett, Garrett, I think uh, – I, I've said this a little bit, but Garrett Crochet for the White Sox, I think his mechanics are almost identical to Wagner's. So I feel like he he might be the next guy up. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be pretty special. Um so I think we're starting to like you brought up Crochet, that's another one. Like you're starting to see some more left-handed flamethrowers uh come up. And I think that's part of uh developing and the evolution of the game. We're starting to, I mean, obviously we've seen velocities jump. Uh, he was a guy from the left side that did it before anybody, too. So that can uh, be thrown in the conversation for him as well. I mean, we saw some of the righties do it and rev it up a little bit. We never, 
he was one of the rare lefties that could rev it up to upper 90s, triple digits sometimes uh, as a closer in the early 2000s. And, uh, and it's kind of a clear discrepancy from the guy that uh, we're coming up with number one. But I think with number one, we're getting into Rivera. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mariano Rivera's cutter is the best pitch in baseball history. Is that is that a fair statement to say? It. Um, it's definitely one of them. I mean, I'm yeah, having a hard I, time thinking of a, of a more dominant pitch. And, I mean, and, uh, I, I, I'm very biased, so I can also say Randy Johnson's slider. But, I mean, the cutter was basically at this point reinvented by Mo. Which, again, going when he first started, he didn't even actually even know the pitch. He learned it while he was still a starter. And then just honed it and perfected it and made the cutter... Basically, like like you said, one of the best pitches in history. But I I can't find a knock. Like right now, as a lot of hitters against Mariano Rivera couldn't get a knock off of him. But you see what he's done. I mean, what more is there to say? Six hundred and fifty-two saves, an all-time career record. Nine hundred and fifty-two games finished. So even if he didn't get the save. He finished the job. I mean, and, he, and even an ERA plus car, uh, career all-time record of 205. I mean, you see what this guy did, and enter Sandman, just as soon as you heard those lyrics, as soon as you heard that sound start to come up, it was... Whenever you think of anyone being that dominant, it's scary. And for hitters against Mariano Rivera, that's what it was. That cutter, you knew you had no chance. There's a reason why when he did his farewell tour, some people started giving him, uh, like, there's one guy, I can't remember what team it was, gave him a chair made out of all broken bats that he had caused with that cutter. It's ridiculous. It, it, and, I, and I'm going to keep harping, and, and I think it's the reason why we all have the number one is the cutter. Um, you know, we bring up blemishes and we try to find holes in some of these guys' names. Um, obviously, the postseason numbers have been a consistent hole we try to find in other guys. I'm looking right now. Mariano Rivera had uh, ERA over two in one. Oh, excuse me, in three uh, series in the postseason. Uh, he played in 32 different series, just to give you an idea of how dominant he was. He was an ALCS MVP in 2003, the World Series MVP in 1999. Uh, I think that goes without saying. He does not, like you said, Alex. I cannot find anything, any holes in him. I that he was the clear cut number one for me, and I, as all of us too. So, I, I, if you guys can find, yeah. I'm an open discussion. Well, he, here's so, you know, relievers can be very volatile, and I think, especially during Rivera's career, we saw a lot of guys have great stretchers and then immediately fizzle out. We saw it with, you know, we saw it with Eric Gagne. Then we saw it with Brad Lidge. I mean, we, we've seen so many guys, you know, have one, especially as a reliever, have one great season and then followed by one just completely terrible season. Rivera, from the time that he became a reliever, so from 1996 on, we're going to disregard his first year because he was technically still a starter then. He made 10 starts. His ERA was over five. From 1996 to 2013, Mariano Rivera had one season where his ERA was over three. I mean, I, that is the definition of just of dominant. I mean, this guy, his highest, his highest ERA was 3.15. He made 13 all-star games. I mean, I guess Trevor Hoffman has an award named after him. So does Mariano Rivera. The AL reliever of the year award is named after him. Um, and one of the best seasons he had maybe wasn't even as a closer when he was set up man for John Wetland in 1996. He finished third in the Cy Young voting. I mean, he he remained a good closer until the end of his career. And we mentioned the postseason stats. There's the stat that gets brought up over and over again, which is that more men have walked on the face of the moon than have scored against Mariano Rivera in the postseason. A yeah, career postseason. I, I had that set up, up yeah, right now. Yeah, I was about a to career postseason. Yeah, a career postseason ERA of 0. .70. I just, you know, we it's a knock on a, sort of all three of these other guys. Definitely it is on Wagner. It's a little bit of a knock on Hoffman and Kimbrell. But Rivera, he 
was able to get it done in the regular season and he was able to get it done in the postseason. Plus, he's a five-time World Series champion, five-time reliever of the year. Yeah, he is, without a doubt, the greatest closer in baseball history. Interesting question here, and I don't know, maybe this is a, a dive deep in another time, but where do you have him in best pitchers of all time? Is it top five, top ten? I, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around it because I know there's so many greats in, in, in pitching, but I think, he holds a, I think he holds a debate for, for a very top five at, at the, I'd say, greatest top ten for certain. So, Yeah, I, I feel like – oh, go ahead, Alex. I think it's a really interesting question. I really like it um, because I think at this point we all just kind of showed here that it, you can't hold a candle to Mariano Rivera as a closer. Like he is the greatest closer in baseball history. Now, for the idea of best pitchers, it's it in my opinion, it's like comparing apples and oranges because yes, they're both fruit, but they're not the same. Starting pitchers and closing pitchers are. You take a look at the stats, and it's really hard to try and compare the two of them because a lot of times you'll have ERA over several innings versus one inning. You have all of these other stats to kind of work with, and you just don't know really what to make of it at that point. At that point, you almost have to go almost more to the eye candy test. And with it, I think Mo has a very, very top, has a very strong candidacy to be in that top five of all time. Just because, again, you, you take into consideration, not only was he dominant, but you take a look at the best closes in history. You say there are guys like Billy Wagner, Trevor Hoffman, Craig Kimbrell, and then there's Mariano Rivera. There was just a step up. Like, again, no knock on any of the three guys we've talked about before this, but Mariano Rivera is just the best. There's a reason why he was voted into the Hall of Fame with a unanimous vote. He was that good. Does he deserve to be in the top five pitchers of all time? I'm thinking right now, and I'm hard-pressed to find five pitchers, starting pitchers, slash any pitcher, that I would put above him. And I know it's hard to do because you're comparing two very different skill sets, but you see what he's able to do, and it was different. Like, again, it's hard to compare. You see what he's done compared to everyone else, and he just knocks everyone else out the water. Having a postseason record of, of excuse me, an ERA of 0. .70, the stat that Mac product, that more people have walked on the freaking moon than have, got, than have scored against him in the postseason. The guy was dominant. And so do you put that, how do you compare that against starting pitchers? And I, I think just when you take a look at what the individual skill set means to that role, he's, he, in my opinion, he's in that top five. Uh, for me, uh, it's something that's usually a question I like looking into more. Because if I would say in my lifetime, I definitely would say top five, 100%. But if I'm, Looking at all time, I would probably want to look at some stats more like I did for the one project I did in school when I um, ranked people because I don't want to kind of insult people from back before I've watched baseball. You know what I mean? Like there was some really good guys that played in the 60s and 50s. And obviously I was not watching uh, those players that played or the 70s or 80s. I know more about those people from highlights, but like there's people that I've read about in books growing up that I don't know enough about without looking more into their stats. Like Christy Matheson, for example, I read about in some books growing up, if he would be in front of Mariana Rivera. That's more the reason it would be something I don't like answering with a hunch. But if, in my lifetime, I would say 100%. I, I think it's you're hard-pressed, like you said, Alex, to find anybody that holds a candle uh, reliever-wise. And I starter, you said you're looking at different stats when you compare closers to starters. Um, but when you want to talk about like what you can compare is how dominant they were at that position. And I don't think there's a starter that is as clear cut. One of the best closers of all time that Mariano Rivera is. I, I don't, I can't name one right now. There are too many, obviously there are a lot of good ones, but, and, and closing is a little bit more easy to, to carve your way into that. Number one, like you look at a guy like, Rivera or Dennis Eckers, he's another guy that obviously we can compare him and playing 1975 
it's a, it's a long time ago before all of our times, but I, it's a, it's easier to say that he's the best at a, he's the best at his position than like to argue Randy Johnson's the best at a starter because you have five starters in a rotation, you have one closer. So when you talk about comparing him to the rest of the pitchers and throughout MLB history, it makes it tough. Um, that being said, I thought it was an interesting question to ask everybody. I think he holds a candle as a top five pitcher all time. He certainly is a top 10 pitcher all time. Um, and um, maybe that's something we'll ask to the uh, followers at us on Twitter at OTH cheap seats, West followers there, go follow us. You can get in the discussion with that and tell us where you think he ranks all time. Um, I think that'd be a pretty good uh, discussion about him. Obviously he was a clear cut number one here. So we had to broaden the discussion with him uh, to all pitchers, but I've got a list of a few names uh, before we head out to, to see where they hold in this conversation. Obviously we had Rivera, Wagner, Hoffman and Kimball, but I got a Kerry Wood, Joe Nathan, and Francisco Rodriguez were three names that uh, when you brought up the relievers, Mac, I was I was interested. Uh, we had those four names, but Woods, a guy that was pretty dominant in his time. Uh, Papelbon, or I did did I say Papelbon? I did not say Papelbon. I said Joe Nathan. Well, yeah. can be in there too, and Fran, Francisco Rodriguez, K Rod. That's an, you got four 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 very capable closers there. Do do any of them hold any ground? Beat out Hoffman or Kimbrel for that four spot. Well, I, I'm going to say, um, so Wood, I don't think does just because his career was very up and down, dealt with so many injuries. He definitely had the talent to be talked about, but, um, you know, he also had some, uh, he also was a starter for the first half of his career. So there's that, uh, Jonathan Papelbon out of the gate, uh, he probably had a shot, but the way he fell apart with the nationals, I mean, that just completely derailed his shot. I mean, he he actually, you know, he basically saved 30 or more games almost every year he pitched. I mean, he had 368 through 12 years. Um, he was good. It was just he fell apart and he had a bit of an ego. And a lot of people didn't like that. I mean, watching him overreact all the time. I mean, I was not a fan of Jonathan Papelbon. I'll just say it. Um, Joe Nathan, also interesting. Uh, Joe Nathan also, uh, it, he's sort of in the Papelbon category. Um, he maybe have a shot at the top five. Um, I, I, I'm just not quite sure. Um, K-Rod, same deal. K-Rod fell off really badly. I thought he had a shot to get 500 saves, but now I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think any of those guys really are. Um, I think of any reliever right now that I would say other than Kimbrell, I think the other reliever that I think would have a shot at the Hall of Fame is probably Kenley Jansen. Uh, agree. I, I think he's probably holds some ground in this discussion as well. You bring up uh, the importance of a cutter and with Mariano Rivera and Kenley Jansen's kind of modeled his way off of that. Um, but yeah, you bring up Papelbon and Kimbrell and how they fell off. And that's kind of how I see uh, our Papelbon and Nathan, excuse me. And that's kind of how I see Kimbrell. Um, and that's kind of why I had him at four. Um, I, I, I thought Papelbon was he was obviously dominant when he first came up, like you said, but those, I just don't know. There's a lot, there's been a lot of really, really good closers in our time. Um, you know, and, and uh, before our time, even as well, we didn't even get into Dennis Eckersley. Yeah. Can I say one thing on Jonathan Papelbon though, too? Yeah, I ahead. think he yeah. might be the most hated saves leader of a team of all time. Nobody in Philly likes Jonathan Papelbon and he is currently our all time saves leader. <laughs> so um, that probably goes to show on, what Mac kind of said about his personality. I mean, to be fair, it's it's kind of deserved. I uh, I I got nothing on Papelbon. I got uh, I don't have much good to say about him. Other than he was yeah. a good pitcher, he was a good pitcher. He'd get multi saves here in Philly. Like but... all these other guys seem like decent dudes, and then we threw Jonathan. Like K Rod, I don't know about K Rod, but I know Joe Nathan. Everybody K Rod assaulted his... the dude of K Rod. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure K-Rod assaulted his father-in-law. Uh, when he yes, it, it's a legend. Yeah, it's yeah. a legend that he did. Yeah. Like, I, like, don't, I like, say, go ahead. Billy Wagner also does not have a great reputation as a good teammate. Um, yes. I, yeah, I remember hearing that um, after he left the Phillies, apparently he 
uh, something came out that he like called out his teammates and said they would never succeed. Oh, Apparently, Pat Burrell was really offended by it. Um, I and which is interesting because I remember watching Pat Burrell hit some monstrous home runs off of Wagner once he got to the Mets. Um, but I mean, I think I've I've heard nothing but good things about Hoffman and Rivera though. And I will say one thing. I mean, look, as a Mets fan, I hate the I've hated the Yankees almost my entire life, but. Uh, Rivera was one guy and I, I sort of like Derek Jeter, except I feel like I probably respected Rivera even more. Um, just because I know I, I, like I said earlier, like being, being closer, that's, that's something that, um, especially once I started trying pitching, that's something I wanted to do event. I mean, obviously I, I could only dream of doing it, but, um, I don't know. Rivera was just a guy that I, I always respected. So um, e- even as a Mets fan, I I looked up to him. Yeah, I think the best way to put it with Rivera is it's not often you get to watch a once-in-a-generational talent with your own eyes. That once-in-a-lifetime usually, and if he could have stayed on the field more, we probably could have got it more than twice in a lifetime, but probably still kind of have it in trout. So we've had some really, really, really good generational players and more upcoming Ronald Acuna. Uh, to uh, potentially some play it themselves as well. So, and, and and the other thing about Rivera before we we wrap up here is he's listed at six two one ninety five, and I know that's baseball card listings, and the whole idea with that is you know it's always hyped up. I mean, probably six foot one eighty five, whatever whatever he is, he was never like a huge guy, and that you watch out there, he just carved hitters up, and that's the funny thing about baseball. You know, you see. You can get from anywhere from like 6'5", 235, 255 to, to 6 foot, 185 to about any, like all shapes and sizes is baseball. And you watch this little closer go out and just break bat after bat. And I, as a smaller guy myself, you know, I'm, I've a, I'm a pitcher that relies on cutters and sinkers. And I've kind of watched it. I'm trying to model it. I'm obviously not nearly as successful as him, but um, he was always an inspiration. Uh, watching as a smaller guy in the MLB. And I, I think that that can, uh, part of the reason why he was so well-liked, even on that Yankees team. So I don't know, just something to add in a little bit about Rivera and especially in, in an era that was kind of driven. He came up in an era that was kind of driven by steroids and bigger, big home runs and big guys hitting big bombs and whatnot. So I just, I always respected that about him too, that he was clean. He was small. Like he just went out there. He was this little guy and did his business. So Anything else on the reliever debate, or shall we wrap up? I'll take that as a... I'll, a, I'll, 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 I'll end it off with this. I'll end it off with this. Mariano Rivera, as, as was brought up again, is a generational talent. Someone that's really made... That every time you saw him, no matter what team you were on, you knew that you were watching something special. And I think we're going to be hard-pressed to even in the near future or even semi-near future to see a talent anywhere near the level of Mariano Rivera. That's a good point. My last point was uh, Mac brought him up earlier. Do you guys think Williams or Crochet has a better chance to be the next generational talent? They have two firearms, uh, but assuming both stay healthy, just assume the best-case scenario. Who do you think has the chance to be the next generational talent? I'm just interested to see what you guys think. That's a that's a really really. I don't want to say. Go ahead, Max. I mean, cro- crochet personally. Um, even from his brief audition, uh, he looked like. I I mentioned the Billy Wagner comparison earlier. I think with a guy with an electric arm like that, I mean, maybe he'll uh, he'll maybe reached what Wagner did. Um, I just don't know if any, I mean, I really, here's the thing with like a stat like war, it's hard to compare relievers, but Rivera's is 56.3. And the next highest of the guys we discussed, I'm pretty sure is like in the, it's Rivera's like double the next guy up. So I don't know if anyone's ever going to touch his status as a reliever. Um, but I, I uh, totally agree, Mac. I think velocity always wins. It's it's hard to to replicate success off a changeup. I mean, we talked about it. Hoffman's one of the few examples that have. Obviously, Williams throws pretty hard, but when you have that velocity from the left side and that size, it's going to be. I think Crochet is going to be a very very special talent. I think he's going to be very integral to the White Sox' success in the future. 
Uh, I think you're going to see him close big games in this next year's postseason. Um, I think I'm going to give it to him just because how hard it is to replicate success off of a change-up base pitcher. You don't see many change-up base relievers, and that's for a reason. And I, I just, I, I got to pick with the velocity here. That's that's my thoughts. So, yeah, anything for me, else? Rocher, uh, because of his nasty stuff, and one of the teams uh, I covered this year for us was the White Sox. I paid attention to him a lot, and he, when he got drafted, I remember. I can't remember which MLB network analyst it was, but the one guy called it and he said, this kid will probably be up right away, like really, really soon. Obviously, he didn't know all this disaster of COVID and everything would happen, but that did happen. He got up really soon and he showed up and showed out. So, yeah, I would go with that. But I think both of them will be probably two of our best, but I would just give him the nod as the best. I agreed. Uh, I think it's going to be very fun to watch uh, as the youth influx continues to move forward, especially with some of the uh, younger relievers coming up. I mean, even Aaron Bummer, he's a lefty on the sack. He throws pretty hard as well. Uh, James Karanchek, I think that's how you pronounce it on Cleveland. There's there's some young guns coming up, and there's and we will uh, be talking about this. Baseball fans will be having these versus discussions years down the road about some of the names we just listed with the, with the young guns. So we'll see. We'll see this who can replicate who stays healthy and see down the road. Anything else before we wrap up? I'll take that as a no. Um, cheap seats chatter. Uh, listeners, thank you for uh, joining us on these verses. It's been very fun going on these uh, tangents and baseball discussions week in, week out. As I said at the beginning of the show, when news breaks, we'll have more and more uh, of these episodes coming out, breaking down the news. We'll, we'll stray away from some of these verses as the offseason heats up a little bit. Um, so when we see guys like Bauer, Springer, Rimito, LeMayhew, all these guys end up, we'll, we'll, we'll get more of these episodes out. Uh, we'll go back twice a week, get a baseball one, and we'll get those fun baseball discussion ones that we've been doing once a week uh, these past few weeks going to, like I said earlier, go on uh, our Twitter, OTH underscore cheap seats reply with anything anybody we missed uh if you have a different ranking than us if you where you think rivera stands and the best pitchers of all time go check us out there go check out alex out on twitter at the sports guy underscore 242 go check out mac on twitter at matthias under matthias excuse me underscore a underscore k and go check out joe on twitter at jj borg 26 check out myself on twitter at crace 38 discuss baseball with us we all like doing it we all write about baseball we all follow baseball do it do it do it go check us all out and i hope all of you have a nice holiday and new year later guys once again this is oth cheap seats chatter on twitter we are at OTH underscore cheap seats. We'll be giving you baseball highlights, our takes there. Our takes will be on this podcast going four days a week as we spoke to in the show. But uh, if you really like baseball, you enjoy what we're giving you, you should go check out our partners at Dugout Mugs. That's dugoutmugs.com. They make mugs out of the barrel of baseball bats. It's a great gift for any baseball fan, or let's be honest, for yourself if you're a baseball fan. So once again, dugoutmugs.com.